Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Class Reunion. I have a special guest with me today, uh, somebody that I have known since kindergarten, which is unbelievable. I'm grateful for her friendship for that many years. Uh, so I'd like for you to uh, be introduced to Susan Siegel Crotty. <laughs> Hey, Leanne. Who currently is in Chicago, residing in Chicago, which I think everybody did from Groves. I feel like the odd man out for not being in Chicago. But how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. And I get to see you in a week or so. So I'm looking forward to that. You'll be coming down to Naples. So I'm so excited to see you in person. When you said 25 years, I just couldn't believe that. It's got to be that long. So most of you who have listened know that there's a little bit of a format that I follow, but because I've known Susan forever and she is a good friend of mine, she's going to free ball this with me and just go through some, some things that she decided to share that are from our childhood. And I don't want to know. So we'll see where this goes. Cause I think it'll just be fun to be very, very spontaneous. But when you've known someone from kindergarten, your synapse go crazy when you start to remember things. So um, I'm hoping she has some fun share stories to share. So go for it, girl. So um, I sent Leanne some pictures from the time we were on safety patrol. We're probably some of the last ones. Uh, sixth yeah. grade party that I had, camp. And the one I was most disappointed I couldn't find was the yeah. one from when I came to visit you and Nancy your freshman year in college. Um, and our day started out with a trash can party, our morning, our Saturday morning. A liner in the trash can and everyone bought a, oh, brought a bottle of something and we mixed it all together before the football game. Was it in our room or it was, was it you had it like in the room? hall in that hall? No, it was in your room. You had two other roommates oh, too, God. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still keep in touch with with, with Nancy and then uh, Karen Schmidt, who's I'm going to have to talk to her about that. There you That's go. hilarious. That's funny. I thought we were so grown up, so I didn't know if you remembered that. And Brian Polidori sat in there and joined us. Joined us, and you know, you you welcomed me by talking about you know how many people had lived in um, Chicago. And I don't know if I had told you or you remembered, but I did have. I know you had Scott Zimke on, um, but yes, I, we had dinner one night. It was um, when I first moved to Chicago. I saw this guy playing beach volleyball. The the ball went in the water, and he did a swan dive into the uh, lake. And I was like, oh, the only person I know that that dives like that is Jimmy McKillop. And who pops his head up but Jimmy McKillop? And so it was just so amazing. And he's like, oh, I bumped into Godzimki. And I'm like, oh, I bumped into Denise Levy. 
And so we decided to go out for dinner. So a bunch of us went out to dinner, including Deanne Capsalis, who spent elementary school with us. And it was Deanne and Leanne. I mean, always the two of them right. were the best of friends. And when could you ever have a have another friend that your name rhymed with? And um, right. Denise, Jimmy, and I actually all worked in the same building um, in downtown Chicago in our early mid-20s. Oh, my gosh. So what? So this was in your 20s that you all went for dinner? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't find a picture, but I knew I had one, but I, I just couldn't find it. Oh, that would have been a classic. <laughs> I think Jimmy McKillop's now back in Michigan. Okay. So there was a, a day that our school, our kids got off of school or it was a holiday or whatever. And uh, one of those like in teacher conferences. And so I took my son bowling and then right next to me, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, I I know you. And he's like, I go, Jimmy? Well, yeah. Jim McKillop now. But yeah, so he was there with his kids. It was hilarious. And I think he had just moved back to uh, Troy, Michigan. Nice. So nice. That's fun. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, the opportunity to get to talk to each other has just, like you said, you know, your mind just kind of has all these things. So a couple yes. of things I thought of, you know, uh, as we moved um, from elementary school, I thought we had like the best time ever. Everyone was friends. Yeah. Everyone kind of flowed in and out with the best recesses. We had, you know, just the best, the best group. But, you know, thinking about when we junior high, I want to talk a little bit more about that as we go on. Um, but in high school, the ninth graders came with us over to yeah. high school, which was like, you know, we never had to be those, those, the youngest group there. And do you remember we did a sit-in day our senior year because they wanted to get rid of senior skip day. And we're like, no way, we're not we're not giving that up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, because I had to ask permission from my mom because <laughs> we all we all sat in the lobby, which faces her desk. We're right. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, Mom, I want to do this. And so when you see me, I have my little um, I, not like these bass shoes that you tie, like <laughs> Seattle shoe looking things. Uh -huh. I just remember because it was a picture that was in the Talon or something like yeah. that. And so, yeah, I had to sit there and stare at her the whole time while we did the class sit in for that. But I, but we won. Oh, we did. We won. Yeah. Although I don't remember what I did for senior skip day, honestly. I think we all went to Cedar Point. They Cedar pulled, Point. Yeah. Yep, okay, they Cedar pulled up buses and yep. we all went to Cedar Point, which was, which yep. was fun. Very, very fun. Golly, good memory. I didn't know if you remembered that. And I thought, you know, what's something that was like so exciting um, that's like lasted with me from our school? Yeah. And I think, you know, the opportunities that our high school presented in such a unique way, getting to do everything or anything like you could dabble and try things you never knew you were good at before. And I mean, right, I did swim team and then we kind of goofed around with girls water polo, but there was nobody else to play. We started like I was on the soccer team the first year. And one of my kids had asked me, mom, do you think you'd be able to make the soccer team today? I'm like, hell no. Like these kids are so good. And we were just, you know, learning to do these things because we played soccer together when we were little in the, you know, in the, in the park district. Like we that's did. All we knew. So, but going to that point, Susan was, and I'm going to bring it back to chronological order because it's hard for people when they're, when they're just listening. I thought, because my fantasy was, you know, we played for like eight years at Southfield, um, Civic Center is what yeah. Susan's talking about. And I wanted to play Groves because I knew that the field lights would be on. And I thought that was like my version of being on a guy's football team. But I recall they canceled female girl soccer. So, yeah. So I sent you a picture and I thought that was our first varsity team we ever had. 
But did they close it out right after that? I don't remember ever playing at the at the. I remember playing like on the backfields by the swim pool, not ever at the stadium. See, that's what. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe that's it. That was awesome. I really wanted to continue playing. Yeah, there. and even better. I mean, I got Mr. O'Donnell took a group to France. We got to go to France, and yes, I spent yes. my 18th birthday. Donna Trudell and, my, and I, our birthdays are just a few days apart, and you could be 18 to drink and. The other people in our room were like, no, you can't have a drink in there. So we kept it out on the ledge in our room so nobody could get in trouble. It wasn't in our room, technically. But that was like such a blast. Such a cool thing. And I have that done that you you did go to, to France. And I was going to ask you if you even keep in touch with any of the families that you ran into. I do. I have always called her my French sister. Her name's Valerie. We still keep in touch. Oh, uh, we nice. hadn't talked in years, but we talked during COVID. Like... Um, once a week for about, I don't know, about three months. I mean, we kind of ran out of things to, to, to talk about, but it was lovely to, to reconnect. And, you know, she yeah. said, I was always so outgoing and that helped her break out of her shell. And like, I oh, just, nice. yeah, that's so very I, sweet. I love that. I love that, that she remembered that all these years later. Oh, it's a great program. So you were a big swimmer and you, you were excellent. And uh, one of the things that we were able to enjoy in our neighborhood, which was very fortunate and right behind your house was the Cranbrook Swim Club. Um, so you swam competitively for how many years From there? the time I was five until I aged out <sighs> at 17. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's so, so cool. And what prompted you to do that? Enjoy it. My siblings did. I always thought like okay. that was fun and, you know, kind of knew everybody there. I mean, like you, you know, came from a larger yeah. family, had lots of older siblings. And I feel like something that defined our childhood was that like the older kids watched us and made sure we kind of stayed on the straight and narrow. And then we watched the younger ones when they grew up a little bit and made sure they were, you know, doing the right things. But I mean, such great summers, everyone together. I mean, yeah, I, I you know, you hear like today bullying is such an issue and all these other mm -hmm. things. I felt like when, at least when we were younger, everyone watched out for everyone. Everyone was included. Uh, when the street lights went on, the older kids sent you home. Uh, you were done playing the games, but everyone was accepted and invited to join. And yeah. I don't remember any problems or troubles or shenanigans that, you know, nobody was allowed. No. In fact, the, the fun part was being with all these people all summer and then having like the evening parties where you go for a hot dog and you yep. could see your crush and it was like dancing and in the evening and it was yeah. really such a big deal. It was so fun. And in speaking of inclusion, the other thing I remember too, obviously you and I, we attended and also were part of each other's birthdays for many, many years. I sent but, you that um, birthday party. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you recall going, walking from school? I thought this was the biggest deal because you can't do this stuff today. And we walked all the way to Kim Sage's house. Absolutely. For the end of year party. Yeah. I couldn't get over that. We were able to do that. Like, first of all, that are, family offered to do it and that we were all able to walk and do that it that is such a core memory that was so incredibly cool and everybody came like it was it was a really fun fun time yeah yeah i remember yeah. that and you had a bridge in your backyard over the creek or was that um, next that door was, to yours uh, that was the four hands a couple okay, of doors down jill, got it jill julie and yep. joel four hands yeah yeah and i remember they had like a a brownie celebration where you became a Girl Scout. 
and they used the bridge. And so they, became, they were on a brownie on one side and walked all the way across and became a Girl Scout. It was yep. really, really cool. I remember doing that. So definitely remember doing that. Do you have a core birthday in elementary school that you remember? It was when I was really young and all the girls, it was only girls um, yeah. when I was little and they all wore long dresses. And like, oh. yeah, I mean, we must've been really little, but my sixth grade birthday party in our basement became like this family laughing thing because we moved out maybe six years later. And when we moved, like there had been like a fun, uh, like people threw M&Ms and they, we had a beer, a large beer can collection and there were still okay. M&Ms like behind <laughs> things and stuck in things. And the only rule was that we had to keep the lights on and that uh, Todd Wilms kept turning the lights off and, you know, of course, I, like that was my parents' only rule. There was like no alcohol and that wasn't an yeah. issue. Uh, the beer right. cans were all empty, but um, that was the picture I sent you. I thought that was really fun to have everyone come over. Um, yeah, you've got everyone, some great photos. Everyone brought me an, uh, a 45. That was like kind of what the, oh, what the gifts were, like one or two 45s. I probably have to explain what uh, a 45 <laughs> is. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we thought the albums were a big deal, but we actually had little 45s and I remember cutting them out on the back of cereal boxes. Yeah. So there were actually some that had Bobby Sherman, sugar pie, honey bunch. Yeah. That was what I cut out and played <laughs> in my little 45. Oh my gosh. We talk about in my, my episodes about, you know, going to ride your bike to get candy and things like that. And you were just a little bit further from me. So I would always go with Nancy up to like ban drugs or whatever. Yeah. Did you go up the evergreen route or 12 we, miles? We would go the evergreen to that. I think it was called the grog shop. Like on yeah, the 12 yeah. in evergreen. Um, right. But I think you probably remember my dad owned the drug stores. And so all I had to do is like uh, write on the list what I wanted and he would bring it <laughs> right. home. So like for me, it wasn't the anticlimactic. Yeah, when I worked there, we could you know kind of bring yeah. home what we wanted. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I've got some sweet news to share about Old Time Candy. They're all about bringing back the classic candies we grew up with and love. How you ask? With the Decades Box, of course. It's like taking a time machine back to your childhood, only sweeter. Personally, I've ordered from Old Time Candy to add some pizzazz to friends' milestone birthdays. And wow, was it a hit. Each box is jam-packed with goodies from the decade of your choice that will transport you back in time with a single bite. Plus, this family-owned business has been run by candy lovers for candy lovers since 2000. So if you're eager to relive the good old days, go ahead and check out Old Time Candy. You won't regret Reddit. All right, now let's get back to the show. I always thought your family was bougie because you had the S on your <laughs> garage. And I was we like, did. oh my gosh, they have an initial on the garage door. That's so yeah. funny you remember that. And I thought we were poor growing up because everyone else's parents worked for the car industry and got new cars every six months. Yeah. And we yeah. had our own cars. So right is all yeah. the eye of the beholder. That's funny oh, isn't you remember that. The truth? Oh, of course I do. Well, it helped me remember your house, but also, too, I thought it was, like, very classy. Yes, there you go. That's yes. funny. So we'll go to junior high then. We Again, we were, now it's middle school, but we were in the junior high. And I really loved Berkshire. Although it started to, like, you know, a little bit show you what bullying was like, because people were now multi, you know, areas and in yeah. schools coming together and your bodies are changing. but. I thought it was still manageable and had some great memories. 
What about you? What was your experience at junior high? I think it was all over the board. Yeah. I love junior high. I still remember my combination from my locker. Um, no. 7, 18, 32. I was locker number Stop. 7, 11, which I thought was so cool. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. You know, and sometimes you shared a locker, sometimes you didn't. And we stayed like in the same locker position, like all three years, like we didn't move around. I love that we had a pool and I could swim and like be really good at something. And if you remember, we had a male swim teacher that, you know, you talked about before, tried to fill you up. And I... (laughs) Already knew how to dive, so I didn't need any help with that. So I never had that experience. And then, you know, the female gym teacher, like you mentioned, used to, you know, drink in her. Uh, yeah, everyone knew it. Like I took shop instead of home ec. I okay. had one other um, female in there. It was Chris Kennedy who wanted to be oh, yeah. an architect, who I believe that's what she did become. Oh, my god! But gosh. I took home ec because my mom said, don't cook, don't clean, don't learn how to do these things that must have been very um, trying for her. So she wanted me to learn other things. That is so interesting. Yeah. Because there is an assumption that we're supposed to all be in home ec. Absolutely. It's different today, right? They do everything and yeah. learn, learn all the things. But um, so just me and... What did you make? Did you make... Oh my um, gosh, I made a like pooper, cutting board a or... coop, pooper scooper. Like there was like a metal thing. I was terrible at the drawing part of it, even though you got to use like the T-squares and things like that. I think the CAD design today would be so much more interesting. I made this like wooden box that the like it didn't sit flat it was like you know if you were in pottery and you made something in pottery it like never quite it's sweet though you know overall i I did a volunteer one time in the special ed room uh that was right across from the office and my Mm -hmm. very first day somebody had an epileptic seizure which Mm. i didn't know what that was it scared the daylights out of me and i was Mm -hmm. done volunteering after that Mm -hmm. so um i just didn't understand it at the time and i didn't even know we had special needs kids um, in our school. So that was a good, a good exposure and experience, even though I didn't return because I wasn't mature enough to understand what had happened at the time. Yeah. But isn't it part of this is to show contrast, right? Like, you know, to reminisce and, but also how it's so opposite now, because our kids would completely know today um, seizures and in, in different rooms and learning disabilities. But I just wonder why the secrecy so much because um, they could have shared it mm-hmm. and and we were just so limited. And I uh, find you use the word mature. Um, I found myself, if I have to look back, an immature 25 year old when I got married, like knowing what a 25 year old knows now. Absolutely. I was not equipped to really grasp <laughs> family history or what do I want to do when I grow up or like all those things. It was more like you're dating this person for a certain length of time and, you know, and then you get married. And up until that point in your twenties, you're really not directed. Some parents were very, very proactive, but it was just changing. Don't mm-hmm. think it was just shifting. Like some parents were, you know, really um, open and then others were not. I remember you'd like whisper the word cancer. Um, oh, we had, we had sure. a friend who I think was the only person I knew whose parents were divorced. Yes. Um, that lived like on the other side, the back of the neighborhood and like invited us to like her birthday was in this like summer and invited us to a party and a sleepover. And like, I remember like telling my mom, like, can I go? Her parents are divorced. And my mom was like, yeah, like, 
Of course. I mean, I just, I didn't know if it was okay. No, it's, it's, I've talked about that. Like divorce was weird. Being latchkey was weird. (laughs) Um, You know, different religions. Not, I don't think anybody judged it, anybody, but we had a plethora of different religions in our school. Right. So, you know, you had to make sure people understood that as well. And like, I, you know, it just was, I liked growing up where we did because it was, you know, diverse. I think we had great, yeah. I mean, great yeah. childhoods with lots of opportunity and lots of chances to dabble in things and grow and decide what we liked. Even if, even if yeah. when we came out, we we're still immature. I think for the time, like looking back, it's one thing, but I think for where we were, like with our peers across the country, maybe when you went to college, you realized like, I know how to write a five paragraph paper. Like that's all I know how to, you know, I, like that was brand new to your them. introductory sentence has to build the rest of the beer is a pie a cake had to be yeah, yeah. Like we're, you know we were good and knew those things and we learned so much our schools were you know the blue ribbon schools that they built the rest of the the trial the district they, on it, mm-hmm. but that they, they, they built out nationally like we we're a pilot for that and we got to try out those things and you know yeah just do lots of interesting things and be fluid in our learning. I don't know, like just going back to elementary school, I was in a first grade, second grade class, which was, you know, so ahead of its time and, you know, just lots of things like that. And, and, and our survivor skills were higher than most kids now. So maybe we didn't have the knowledge that the kids have today, man, we figured everything out. We, we drove without directions. We (laughs) asked for help if we needed to figure something out. If we were lost, we had to find our way. I mean, it was like the survival skill was way above, I think what the kids are today, but the intelligence level of what we know or knew at the time was, was lower. But like I had your mom, for example, to like run in there and ask a question too. If I, if I needed like help or guidance, there were like adults around that you could trust and and rely on that were familiar to you. Yes. Yes. Which nowadays you're told not to talk to. But, yeah. You know. And I would say like my favorite class in junior high was probably speech class. And somebody in our yes. class got so nervous, they passed out and hit their head and EMS had to come during um, speech class. So do you I, remember who that was? I do. I don't know if it's share, fair to share all these years later. In case right. she texted to me. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I remember that class very well. But, yeah. but and I was nervous, but I enjoyed that thrill of like having to do that. It's a life skill that they've really, yes. that they armed us with that we could always be successful with. We're going to move to high school. You're still swimming. You did the soccer. And, and yes, you did the, the program uh, in France. We talked about that. Is there a event that changed you in any way, good or bad? Was there something that, you know, when uh, everyone has that when you, oh, high school and that memory pops up, good or bad? <laughs> I mean, something I thought was really cool was the American court cases class that I took, you know, very, very seminar like um, comparatively um, a lot of like that critical thinking that, you know, up until that point, we were just regurgitating information and it interested me in law and it interested me in outlaws too, like, you know, how people change the system. And that senior year, we were invited to Oakland University to see Abby Hoffman speak, um, okay. you know, one of the Chicago seven and just like, right, really on the outside edge of all the things that were, you know, politically and socially happening then. And I think for me, my whole life, it's had me like question the norm or quite like you know, when people say in, in work, at work, like, oh, we do it this way because we've always done it this way. 
I like mm-hmm. to dig deeper and try to figure out kind of the root, you know, the root cause and the the what can be tweaked and changed to make things better. And I'd say that's something I've carried with me my whole life. I would agree with that. That's that's the way you think for sure. Yeah. Which, which is which is beautiful because you can see all sides. And going to what's the norm, I remember loving that class as well because we knew of the Kennedy shooting. Yeah. But we didn't know there's five options out there that that all could have taken place in the trajectory of this angle and this thing. We weren't taught that. It was just kind of like he was shot yeah. at the parade and that's the end. Close the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, do you remember in junior high, we had Macintosh computers and the there was like a, a room we got to go use in junior high. And then when we went to high school, we were the first high school to have these Commodore 64 computers and they had these big, we all had to take this computer literacy class. And we had done this the year before. I knew how you did the saves and the whole thing. And we had it, I think, second semester because the ninth graders came over with us. So they wanted to teach them this thing. And my disc had every answer already on it. And like the teacher didn't know how to look them up. And so I took these. And do you remember like you'd like make a whole line of asterisks to like make it look like order? And um, so I like because I didn't have to like program this I got to play yeah. with it and make things out of it like with whatever you could do with the, at the time and that was that was like, very progressive for that time. oh it was very progressive but you know for me that just like being good at something or like seeming yeah. to be naturally good at something gave me a lot of confidence and how did you feel at graduation were you ready to go or were you still loving the high school life or how did you feel like graduating? So being the youngest of five kids, I think I was ready to go. Like I had seen college. I had already seen that, but, but to my disappointment, I guess I had wanted to go to Michigan state and there was another Mm -hmm. person named Leslie Siegel and the Mm -hmm. counselors twice sent her transcripts instead of mine. And, (gasps) and because all my information didn't match up the first time they said, we can't accept you send it again. They sent it again. They sent the wrong one. And so they said, you're going to have to wait. And like, you're past the date where you could send in all the information. And I didn't want to wait. And that's why I went to Western my freshman year. Uh And before um, Labor Day weekend, when school started just before that at Western, I knew I had not chosen the right school and wanted to transfer and transferred um, as quickly as I could uh, the next year and moved over to Michigan State and made sure the counselors sent the right information. So, you know, and I feel like, honestly, like going to Western my freshman year was amazing. And but I do always feel like I missed out on that freshman year at Michigan State. That would have been cool, Mm -hmm. too. Um, Mm -hmm. But sometimes did you know anyone at Western or um, I didn't think I did. But of course I did. Um, when I okay. when I got there. So it felt like yeah. for me, it felt like it was too small. It was probably 20,000 students, but it felt like it was just too small. And, you know, just even living in Chicago now, that was, you know, I still feel like a Detroiter and very proud of being a Detroiter. Yeah. You know, you live away from Detroit and people only have negative things to say about it. And I love being a champion of Detroit all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because I think does Leslie know that story? That's I think funny. so. Yeah, I've told her. Okay. I, I've seen. I haven't seen her in years, but we used to get together. I think my youngest wasn't born yet. I think it was when our daughters were both born. They were within a couple months of each She's other. She's such a, a great uh, chef. She is. Her. She is. We yes. traded flowers once. That was like the, the oh, like nice. from our gardens. Yeah. 
So you went to Michigan State, but you met Ed. So now we're going to fast forward. Did you go to Chicago right away? No, I worked in Detroit uh, for about a year and a half. Knew I went to Chicago for the for a Monet show. Stayed at a friend that I worked with's apartment in Lincoln Park. I was like, why the hell am I in Detroit when I can be in this just amazing place, living yeah. in the city? Um, yeah. It was so easy and yeah. not that expensive to get back and forth. So moved to Chicago like two years after graduation. And met Ed at that point. I did. Yep. It'll be 31 years. So uh, Susan has three beautiful kids. If you want to share just a quick, a quick update on your three kids and then we'll keep moving. Sure. Three kids. Joe's 29. Sarah's 27. And Brian is 25. The two boys live in the Chicago area and Sarah lives out in San Francisco. I love it. I love it. One of the things I wanted to ask was you were home raising them in the beginning, correct? Yeah. And we've talked about you because you take the world by the... Susan's incredibly smart. She's able to achieve so many things. And so here she is doing the right thing, you know, by raising her kids. But then she wants to get back into the workforce. And for a lot of us, that would be challenging. But as you've listened to her, you know, her critical skills, thinking skills are off the chart. So you just adapted right away. And we're at every ribbon cutting ceremony that there was in your town. And we're part of that whole public profile. But how did you enter it the first time after the kids? So I stayed home for 14 years full time with the kids. Yeah. Volunteered a ton at the elementary school like our moms did, you know, from uh, whatever I could jump in and, and do and really enjoyed it. And someone mm-hmm. had asked me if I wanted to run for like home and school instead of PTA way of home and school, if I wanted to run for president. And I was like, no, I really like working with the kids. I mean, that was like what I like the minutia of the administrative stuff like was it for me. And then something came out in a newsletter from our community that they were looking for school board members. And my husband sent me an email and said, you should run. So oh. I ran three times, was elected three times, served as vice president, 22 schools, you know, 16,000 students. It makes me so exciting to so excited today when people say, oh, why'd you move to this community? And they say, oh, because you have a dual language program. And that was like what I ran on in 2005. And like, it just oh. thrill, thrills me to know and yes. see that, you know, the things you build for others continue to build your community um, long term. We built an early childhood center that I lobbied the business community really successfully for, drove by it on Saturday. And it just makes me smile, lights me up, knows know that, you know, people come to our community because we have a place for special needs kids and regular ed kids for those early childhood programs. Worked at the chamber part-time, did a fundraiser for our, our local playground, got the mayor to come out, who was like a cartoon character of Mr. Magoo, sweetest guy ever, uh, did the ribbon cutting, ran for school board, and just kind of use that as a place to grow from year after year. So, and I was lucky when I started at the chamber, social media was a big thing and we taught social media training classes and I got to sit through those. And I think that really helped again, propel me and lift me up as the world was changing. I was able to change with it and knew how to do these, these new 21st century skills. Right. I, that's the beauty of Gen X that we, I don't know that we get a lot of credit for is we really started with nothing, but we had to adapt quickly. We couldn't just say, oh, 
I don't want to know computers or I don't want right. to learn Excel or whatever. Right. You know, we just adapt to every new piece of technology that comes out. I mean, I even had a threads account recently. But I have one too. I don't know what to do with it yet, but I signed uh, up for I deleted one. it. But, um, <laughs> it's like another boring. It's, I don't know. Uh, but I, but I did it, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you have to at least try it. So I did the same thing. So that's wonderful. And, and you do have a great husband that you travel with constantly. I always call Susan, like, where's Waldo? <laughs> because she is never in the same spot twice. Thank you. Um, and you've also done a really good job of wherever you've gone to visit and you've caught up with classmates. So I've it seems tried like you're to. always taking a picture. Yeah. Is that through Facebook or how do you? I think I know where people live because of Facebook. Um, yeah. And then it's easy to think, oh, I'm going to this place or that place. And actually, my very first place I was going, you helped me with. I was going to Nashville when our daughter oh. went to college there. And I said, I yep. happened to be talking to you. And I said, you know, my daughter wants to go to the basketball game and out with this friend. And I don't really have anything to do on Saturday night. And it's Nashville. And that sounds kind of sad. And I just don't know that I want to go out by myself in Nashville. And you're like, hey, I have a friend and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, his, her husband, we went to elementary school with them. So I ended up like meeting up with them and going out and having a great time. And so I think it started from you. I mean, really knowing, I know I never told you that, um, but no, definitely, that's, that's, really that's, that's where it started. So shout out to Andy Giacoboni and his wife, Krista, who Krista, welcomed yes. me in Nashville and made such a difference. I still have forward. to get out there. I haven't <laughs> seen their place. You're always out. I'm living vicariously through you, but oh, we'll thanks. see each other soon. So that'll be fun. Okay. Let's have some fun with some, some trivia and then uh, we'll close it out with like what the future looks like. And we'll make sure we covered everything on, on your Got phone. Got it. These are just some fun things, a little bit of the seventies and eighties. So what TV show featured a family of four aliens who, who landed on earth and passed as humans? I have no idea. I'm going to show you the scene. Oh, Morgan Mindy. This. There you go. Okay. No, no, Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Which musical group released the hit song Staying Alive in 1977? The Bee Gees. I love the Bee Gees. <laughs> Who was the lead in, in Rocky? This will be easy. Sylvester Stallone. There you go. Okay, yeah. last one. The TV show Family Ties. What was the character's name that Michael J. Fox played? Oh, my gosh. Alex Keaton. No, yep, you're yes. good. Okay. Woo. A true, a true remember of true fan would be Alex, Alex P. Keaton. Oh, so he had go. his initial in there. That was good. That nice. was really good. At the end of the segment, we always like to talk about a little play off of my name, Dr. Pepper, the sweeter life. Yeah. So you, you have this wonderful marriage and kudos to you. And you've got this great family that's, you know, all the adults are happy and healthy. What what do you envision for you both later? Like, I know we still have a long way to go before we think of retirement, but do you ever choose, sit, sit around in your garden and say, I can't wait until this happens in our life? I I try to, like, we've talked several times, like, where would we want to live? Where would we want to go? Like I said, two of our kids live here um, in Chicago. So that's, right. you know, so I think um, during COVID, our daughter was a digital nomad. I think I'd like to be a nomad and try out a bunch of cities. And we've been visiting national parks and there's a bunch more. Uh, we've been to 26 so far of the 65. So um, have many more to visit. So I would like to just kind of, and there's like lots of other great places to visit as well and hike and kayak and do all those great things. So um, would like to, travel and maybe live places for a month or two or three at a time more than like ending up somewhere at this point. 
So you'd have like a base, uh, would you have your home or a small, like a condo more? I don't know. I I just like, you know, being on Lake Michigan would be amazing within driving distance to Chicago. Um, Being near a good airport is important. You know, just kind of some things, Mm -hmm. some things like that we've talked about, but I don't have anything for sure that I'd like to do. I'd like to volunteer. We've had shelter dogs. I'd love to volunteer with other, with dogs to help take care of them. I also love literacy. I would love the opportunity to help other people learn to read and, you know, those language acquisition skills so they can be successful in other parts of their lives. That's beautiful. I so. love that, Susan. And and I love, you know, when you're talking about just traveling because you do that now anyway, but just to continue to go to all those parks. I mean, it's it's you can always go to other countries and travel the world, which is also a wonderful thing that I would love to do. Yeah. But we have 50 states that we haven't explored, you know? A lot of people have. I have 5 and, left to visit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Your sticker is crazy Can't wait. on here. Oh, that's awesome. And you also, speaking of dogs, you taught me do not give your dog Tylenol. So I learned that from you, unfortunately. But that was something that, you know, a lot of times people think if the dog has allergies, they'll give them Benadryl or they, you know. And unfortunately, Susan lost one of her, her pets through that. And it was a great service announcement that you gave to all of us because... Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't actually kill him because of it. That's what the vet <laughs> said. I don't know if that, like, they meant that. It was like, you know, 10 years yeah. ago, but still, like, I thought I was helping my dog. You know, they're not human. Don't give them human things and think that it's going to help them. Their kidneys yeah. can't process it. Yeah. That was a sad, sad thing. Well, I thank you so much for being a part of this. There's something that I just wanted to read here. And I think of you every time this occurs because of the fact that we went to kindergarten together. So there was a book, you know, I've, everything I learned, I learned from kindergarten. Do you recall that book? Absolutely. Yes. And so there's a favorite line in here that I just love. I'm going to just do an excerpt from it because it's a long, wonderful poem. But all I need to know, I learned in kindergarten by Robert Fulham. But the excerpt that I want to read is live a balanced life, learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. Take a nap every afternoon. And when you go into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands and stick together. And that's what I think of when I think of you. No, let's stick together yes. next week when I get to see you again. That is wait. right. That is right. I mean, it's great to have Thank precious you. friends from kindergarten. So I love you with all my heart. Can't wait to give you a hug in person. And I thank you for being on Class Reunion. Uh, thanks for having me, Leanne. And of course, we're going to have a lot of fun at the 40th. So we'll, I'll see you next summer. There you go. Thanks. All right, friends. That's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.